You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Meet you in the afternoon. Don't worry, I could come to you. Meet you at the Bedford store. Won't matter what you say. Only need to see your face and know what you're going Hey everyone, welcome to episode 172 of the Collabcast. It is Friday, ooh, Friday the 13th, July 13th, ooh. 2018. My name is Marvin Yue. I'm Mindy Chang. And we are your hosts for this look at pop culture from an Asian American lens. And um, how are you feeling this Friday the 13th? It's the start of summer, or it's summer has, summer is now in, We're in full July. swing. Um, LA is on fire. Uh, we didn't record last week because it was a holiday week, you know, celebrating the 4th of July. Um, but last Friday, it got up to like 118 degrees in San Gabriel, where I live. And you had broken AC, right? Yeah. My heart went out to you. You escaped. You went to Salt Lake City. I for did. The weekend. It was still really hot there, but um, yeah, <laughs> not, I mean, definitely all I watched on Instagram was all the stories about how people were melting. So I did feel really bad. Was, yeah. Yeah. I can feel your sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I messaged you. I was like, Bar! I wanted you to go to find like a cold Starbucks. and Yeah. Yeah. But we're in the full swing of summer. Um, that means, you know, it's summer jam season. What are, you, what are you bumping this summer? Okay. So I'm really, I'm not embarrassed. I'm going to own it. I'm like, I'm a little bit obsessed with the Adam Levine song, Girls Like You. Oh. I I just like how it sounds. <laughs> and I thought the video was really cute and well done. And like um, Superwoman's in it. We got Chloe Kim. I mean, those are the Asian women. But mm. like the, Tiffany Haddish, I freaking, <laughs> she's my queen. And like, it's just great. It's really cute. I was listening to that song thinking, I've heard these lyrics before. And I remembered where. Because Girls Like You Don't Go For Guys Like Me is... Also a song by our friend Bobby Choi, a.k.a. Big Phony. Ah, but yeah, yeah, his yeah. song is a lot more, you know, hits Bobby style, the very, like, melancholic. And yeah, it's very, very sad, sad, like, girls like you. Like, he's, he's very much lamenting. <laughs> That's cool. You know what's another great music video featuring a lot of great women is the, um, the Drake entry into this year's Summer Jam competition, which is... Um, uh, what was the song? Um, is it the one that everyone's doing the dance challenge to? Do you love me? Are you riding? Oh, no, not that one. No, it's, that um, one? It's, it's Nice For What. It's called Nice oh, For What. It features... Wait, what um, was I just singing? Was that not Drake? I'm not sure. Drake, I'm, Drake I'm, just dropped like a giant album. Okay. Um, apparently, it's some people like it, some people don't. I mean, that's Drake. You know, yeah. but the guy has like a billion hits on the um, Billboard Top like 40. So Okay. Guys, In My Feelings. That's the one that everyone's bumping <laughs> right now. And I didn't know it was Drake, but I saw everyone doing the dance challenge. Uh, so I was like, I like this. This music video is really good, too. Um, you should check it out. It features um, Olivia Wilde, Misty Copeland, Issa Rae, Rashida Jones, Tracy Ellis Ross. Tiffany Haddish is in it, too. Yes. Um, and it's a pretty catchy song. And it features just the worst slash best <laughs> shitty Drake dance. Okay. You know how he like, is really bad at dancing in music videos? Just a little bit. <laughs> but then he like 
just leans into it. So the part yeah. of that makes it like, yeah, because <laughs> you're just like, you don't have to be good. Because that's how a lot of people like myself feel. Mm. Like, I love dancing. I know I'm not the best, but I don't want to let that hold me back. And then you're like, oh, someone <laughs> famous like Drake. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's something very validating about it. <laughs> uh, I've been... um. I started listening to Aquafina's new album, and it's pretty good. You like it? Yeah. I listened to it, too. I listened to it on a different hot day in L.A., <laughs> and I was sitting in traffic, and it helped it be better. Yeah. So I think that's indicative of how good it is. I wish it was is. longer. Her songs yeah, are yeah, so yeah. short, but they 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 definitely um, pack a punch. They do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very her. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's the thing. I've heard other rappers or just musicians where I'm like, it's catchy, but I know that they're doing the song because that's what's trendy. Mm-hmm. They're kind of going with that vibe. And that's that's fine because we still get to enjoy it. But then there's a different level of respect. You're like, that is you. <laughs> that is you, girl. So that's how I feel about when I hear her music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can hear, it's just Minji and myself today. Um, we're here at the Potluck Podcast Studio here in um, Little Tokyo, Los Angeles. And we're just going to run through some of the latest news specifically we're gonna run through um it's emmy emmy nominations came out yesterday on thursday indeed and so we're gonna take a look and with an asian american lens and see the amazing people that are being highlighted um i feel the worst i would be like when marvin said oh let's talk about emmy nominations i was like great this will be like the day that i learn what they are because again i don't don't watch most of the stuff which is terrible but i still I know. I mean, I hear what's cool. And maybe that's like a good litmus test. Like, I mean, I've heard of that show and you, everyone likes it. You couldn't be Asian American in the entertainment world yesterday without hearing everyone gushing about Sandra Oh. Yeah, I shared uh, that. I was her, like, hey. Her long-deserved Emmy nomination. Um, it's great that we can now... There's like news going on all the time about Asian Americans that are either um, getting work or having movies come out. Um, another big thing is... Um, today, you can now watch, if you're in America, you can now legally watch Kim's Convenience on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Uh, both the, the the first two seasons are now available for streaming. And this is a show that I've been catching here and there. But because they don't broadcast it here, it hasn't been online. Like I haven't seen a lot of it. Marvin so. was like teaching me how to, like. I, I think I watched it on YouTube. Yeah. But yeah, you like telling uh, me like there's some, a workaround. It's just some illegal, like, basically, they put it up until they get the, um, don't the cease put, and desist. <laughs> okay. And yeah. then don't people put things up and, like, put it backwards or something so that... Yeah, or they, like, slow it down, like, yeah. 0.25 speed. And there's a lot of ways to get around so copyright. So then we talked about the show, <laughs> and it was great. And yeah. then... Uh, but super excited to... I'm going to um, do a whole episode one day just like that. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of the stuff to um, watch, um, Minji... Since we are at the start of a new month, it's time for me to ask you, what have you been into? I actually started this show, Yellowstone, randomly, because um, someone recommended it. That's about, actually, I'm not sure what it's about. It's about, like, land, right? Yeah, it's yeah. about, it's very relevant. It's, like, about land development, about capitalism and greed and protection of the environment, but not even just egos, too. Old generation, new generation, modernization versus old America. Um, There's Native American issues in it about, you know, the indigenous people, about rights getting wronged. It's actually, it's very, you know, it's outdoorsy soap opera. Yeah. (laughs) But there's a lot of relevant things. And so I was like, oh, this is really good. And yeah, 
I like it so far. I've only watched one episode, but it's like an hour and a half long. I know Kevin Costner's in it. Kevin Costner's in yeah. it. Yeah. And then the kid, the guy, well, he's not a kid, he's a grown man now, but the guy who played the uh, weirdo in American Beauty, the one who goes like, watches a plastic bag and goes, oh. Oh, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> he plays his son and it's it's good. I mean, nice. it's it's very high drama. I think it's very relevant. I get worked up about stuff like that. Yeah. Like you. What's well, like, you know, natural resources, land rights, like what the, the concept of like someone owning land right and what they can well, what do they're going to do with it and yeah. what toll that takes on everything yeah yeah on history and on the environment and what is it actually so it makes you question a lot of things so <laughs> i was like oh, i'm part of the problem <laughs> um i got to see an advanced screen it's, it's out uh, in theaters now but of a uh, skyscraper how was that? The new action film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Who is in every movie. Like, he's in a new movie every week. I'm excited that, like, The Rock is such, like, a bankable action star now. Because he is also, like, one of our few PI mm-hmm. um, actors in the mm-hmm. business. Um, and, yeah, he, it's... um, it's I liked it a lot. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's, like, one of those, like... I haven't watched it in a while. It's because... Even like Marvel movies now, because I watch, just watched Ant Man, which um, Randall Park is amazing in it as um, Paul Rudd's, uh, I guess, warden or handler. Uh, but like even those, like you, it requires you to kind of think a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like it connects to all good. the things. <laughs> like it connects you to like a lot of like past storylines, and it's a lot of um, like. Mental, mental hoops you need to jump through because you know like oh there's someone that can control ants and turn small, whereas skyscraper is just like. A straight up action movie you can bang, watch. Bang, yeah. Break things. Tons of stunts. Less there's not as much bang bang, but a lot of stunts, like really cool, like high effect stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Of like well, that's the what rock we have jumping around the building and like grappling rap, repelling up and down. And it's like Die Hard where like he starts off like jumping from helicopter to helicopter. Well, no, it's it's at the end of the movie, he's wearing the same outfit as the beginning, just uh-huh. after like a day of just like being getting beat up. So he starts out in like this tan suit with a tie. He's still in he it. He ends with like a ripped up shirt. His dress shirt's all ripped up, and he's you know how in Die and then Hard, that yeah. tan. Oh, because he always Bruce Willis has the um the white tank top. The yeah, and in, in Die Hard, you know one of the um I guess defining things about Die Hard is like it's about like one bad day for like Bruce Willis' character. And he's like his. He just gets beat up and beat up beat and beat up, and he like shows battle damage. I watched it, and I remember I love Die Hard. Well, this is like flipping to Die Hard, but that's always been like a special place in my heart because it's always like the sl- summer bo- blockbuster. <laughs> and I think more than one has been out on my birthday. Nice. Like my birthday is Die Hard, <laughs> but that's really cool. And I honestly think that. I don't even need to watch Skyscraper to like know what it is, so that's good. And so I'll never, maybe not be like a box office contributor, but I love The Rock. I just need to go on record <laughs> saying that. I think he's so, he's handsome, he's charming, he's funny. He's like very inspirational. He works his butt off. Total fangirl. And like what's really cool about this movie is, you know how like leading up, whenever you see, like, because this movie was a collaboration between a, a Chinese production company and the American production company. Mm-hmm. So the whole the whole story takes place in China, in Hong Kong specifically. And so all the background characters and all the people on the ground are all Chinese. Um, Byron Mann, who's a great character actor, um, plays, like, the, the police detective on the ground who's, like, trying to, like, support. And it's really interesting because I actually like this type of collaboration better than what they used to do which is like just have like a Chinese character for no reason be in the movie. Right. And well, like, I feel like that was kind of like the super rough <laughs> kind of like 
we don't know what to do, so we're going to start with this kind of move. Yeah. So you feel like they're re- evolving and getting like making better? This, making this set in China is actually a really good idea. I mean, they do this again with the other big Chinese slash American um, collaboration movie, which is The Meg. It's like giant shark movie taking place off the coast of China. Nice. And that's how they like saw so the extras. Are Chinese. Same with thing here. All the extras are Chinese. If you want the ground. Visibility. Of, yeah. So t- <laughs> I like this. China just has to be extra, right? They need to make everything bigger. Of course. Because this is like, what if Die Hard but taller? Right? And the Meg is like, what if Jaws but bigger? You have to like, well, because it's already been done. So you have to make it like, <laughs> okay, we need to do this 1.5. And I bet you they like, I bet there's somebody, somebody has to have to have a job to like go through those old movies and have like a baseline. Like, okay, they did this kind of explosion. We need to do twice as big. And yeah, it's just a very, it's a very Hollywood like. China's getting better at it. China is now, the Chinese like movie system is now in 80s mode. They're making like what we were making in the 80s, which is like dumb action movies, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it, it sells. So. That frightens me. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. There's a part of me being the total art snob that it's fine because I love action movies and like. Well, you still have your movies. Korean. You still have your like moody Korean. Well, movies okay, yeah, about that, revenge but, and you know, but and I'm just, guilt I'm, and yeah, trauma. all the things, trauma <laughs> and heartache and shame. But like, I I'm very curious where this path will lead in terms mm. of the international collaborations because yeah. it's one thing where like art can reflect reality and it can also shape reality. Like there's books and films that yeah. have kind of been premonitions, I mean, they, if they, you they, will. They call it soft power, right? Cultural powers, yeah. the, the ability to, I mean, that's what America has in terms of cultural like power. Influence and power, yeah. right? Yeah. So I feel like that's something to be very, like you have to like dictate everything around that, but you can't ignore that. Yeah. And so that's why... Again, I don't try to make everything political, <laughs> but I think there's a huge responsibility in like being mindful that things that we put out in the universe going totally hippie right now, <laughs> but things that we're going to like put out there and make a reality. You're kind of sometimes setting like a template or a rubric for things to actually go that way yeah. because you if you are influencing people and they're watching it, who knows what kind of seed that's playing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I want things to go well. I want things to actually like if people are going to collaborate and mesh cultures and things, that's great. Like I hope that they do it in an authentic way. I don't even know what that looks like. But I hope that it's not specifically done just like to to exploit people and get their money. You yeah. know what I mean? That's I mean, I, like idealist in me. I think it's getting better. I think one of the things that I, I appreciate about skyscrapers, it it. China here, Hong Kong here, is not an exotic place. It's not like, ooh, this movie takes place in exotic Hong Kong. It's just, it's just a setting, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's it's a good step towards um, making these movies that are obviously China trying to get into the the Hollywood business more make more sense. Yeah, to me, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll see. Well, we're gonna talk more about stuff we watch after the break because we're gonna talk about Emmy noms, which just came out. So stick around. Hey everyone, thanks for listening again to the Collabcast. This podcast is a program of collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. Learn more about collaboration, our programs, and events by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. 
This podcast is also a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian American hosted podcasts. If you enjoy the collab cast, you should also check out First of All. First of All is the solo podcast that my co-host Minji Chang hosts about life, culture, love, and all things on her mind. She's had a run of really great episodes on topics such as how to cope with today's political environment, um, how to tell yourself that you're enough, and there are some amazing episodes coming up as well. You can check out and listen to, first of all, any other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website at www.podcastpotluck.com. And with that out of the way, let's get you back to the show. Thanks again for listening. And welcome back to the Collabcast. It is episode 172. It is Friday the 13th, July 13th, 2018. Um, and... Yeah, this is our. Uh, we're going to talk about the big news in the biz, which is Emmy nominations came out for the 2018 Emmy Awards. Um, right off the bat, I'm sure those of you who do follow Asian American pop culture know that the big news is Sandra Oh getting the nod for Best Actress in a Drama uh, for her role in Killing Eve. Hearts to Sandra. <laughs> And a great thing about this is seeing everyone that we know pretty much saying, A, this is a long time coming. Because a lot of people thought she should have gotten the nom back when she was on Grey's Anatomy. And like all these pictures of, because Sandra's been in like Asian American independent film before she was in TV. And so a lot of pictures from like 10, 12 years ago of her at like Lapeth and other events mm-hmm. uh, with our friends. And I don't know about your experience with Sandra Oh, but. It does feel like it's she's been doing good work for so long. She has been. That like it's great that she is getting a nod. I mean, how many seasons of Grey's Anatomy are there? There's is it still going on? It still is. I mean, like how many are we <laughs> at now? Cuz it's double digits, yeah, right? For sure. It's been a long time. Yeah. So I think and she's always been Suffice it to say, like I don't like I've not even maybe people have complimented her because I'm Asian so they bring her up to me. Maybe that's <laughs> it, but I personally think she's phenomenal. She's been in a lot of supporting roles. Mm. Sideways is one of my favorite movies, and she's really great in that. She's not a huge character, but she she does her job, and she does it well. And, like, I don't know, maybe I just paid attention to her more because I'm an Asian-American actress. I mean, there's so few, like, main, like, but so many people starring have... in Sideways and in Grey's Anatomy were, like, n- maybe not top role, but definitely, like, second billing, like, prominent character. Yeah, like a stories. very prominent character. Right? People, like really care about her storyline because I have not been a devout Grey's Anatomy I've watched an episode here and there so I've been I've seen her work and she, again she's solid she's great and people have always like liked her character and again that's not why you get an Emmy but she's been a quality actress for yeah. a long time I, I mean, don't know her who character does. in Grey's Anatomy was pretty much like the person who has her shit together do you think that these all get just like super political then like is it is it how, I think that's like the question with everything right now like, she had merit. She's had merit. And then, like, is it the thing because they need a, you know, Emmys, Oscars, everybody's working on diversity that they're, like, I mean, diversity diving. has definitely been a bigger issue the last few years. Like, we just had the most diverse new class of Academy members, including, like, Ken Jeong and our friend um, Ginger Shankar made it in. Um, that's definitely part of it. Um, part of it is also, like, you know, back then, no one thought it was an issue, right? Like it took it took the Oscars pointing out, like, "Hey, look, all your best actors and actresses are all white," for them to realize, like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, it is." 
Mm-hmm. And TV's always been a little bit ahead of the curve because, you know, you have producers like uh, Shonda Rhimes, who is the producer of Grey's Anatomy, like uh-huh. kind of taking the charge. Um, but p- part of it is also that Killing Eve is just a really good show. I've heard. It's like real Consistently. Good. <laughs> people have raved. Where do I watch it again? It's on BBC America, BBC, so BBC, you need BBC, to. BBC. Um, it's I was not like, streaming. It's not, I was like, it's not an American show. Yeah, it's not streaming. It's not. Right? So you have to, like, I actually paid for the season on um, Amazon Prime to watch it. Look at you supporting. Yeah. I need to do. I would do that. I've been actually paying for things. I've been like, if I really want to watch something, maybe it's because I have a movie pass. I'm like, oh, I'm going to the movie and I'm not like paying, but even though I pay for the year, but whatever. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know, I'm trying to put my money where my mouth is with yeah, yeah. all of that. Be like, okay, if you want to watch it, then <laughs> yeah. Uh, but when it does inevitably come out on streaming, you should check it out. Yes. Because it's a really, like, she just, like, she kills it. Like, it's her and her, like, and her hair is even, like, another character. In it, it's in always been. That's why yeah. everyone, call, our friend Naomi Ko, who's an actress, we're just like, oh, she's young Sandra Oh. It's specifically because of the hair. <laughs> it has its own life form. And I got to meet Sandra Oh a couple months ago. Yeah. She's just such a lovely person. Yeah, and just so, like. Great vibes. Has a good following. I, I I think when her character left Grey's Anatomy, it was the same as when like Stephen Yeun got killed off in The Walking Dead. Oh, too much. Where like people stopped watching because she wasn't on it anymore. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like, what's the point of watching? It? Multiple people said that. Yeah. yeah. So congrats to Sandra Oh, uh, rooting for you. She's going against some stiff competition, but uh, it's a great, great first step. Yes. Uh, great long coming milestone long time coming and i say great like, milestone because she's been taking many steps yeah <laughs> <laughs> um other asian americans slash asians who got nods are um darren chris was nominated for uh best actor in a limited series for his role as andrew kunanen for uh american crime story the assassination of giovanni versace gianni, yeah, gianni, gianni versace, versace um which is a show I haven't watched. I did catch the last season, which was the um, O.J. Simpson one. Okay. Um, yeah. But I haven't seen um, this season yet. But uh, congrats to him playing, like, basically a real-life uh, part Filipino uh, serial killer. Which is kind of dun, dun, dun. But that the series also got a nom, um, which is great because it features a lot of really great Filipino actors, including um, John John Briones, who we met um, when we worked on the event before. John John is so talented. <laughs> he is just a ball of energy, and he's yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, that makes me really happy. Get yours, John John. <laughs> um, also, quick, like I guess th- this is a um, this is a honorable mention, but. Um, John Legend, who is essentially honorary Asian at this point, right? We all know him no. <laughs> because of Chrissy. Um, he got nominated for his role in Jesus Christ Superstar, and if he wins it, um, he he gets his EGOT, which is the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and um, Tony combination. John Legend is so fabulous because he doesn't try. He's like the <laughs> most chill, smiley, like. Happy go lucky, laid back dude. <laughs> he just has that vibe, and then like you get to see his life through Chrissy Teigen's Instagram, and he still really is that chill and sweet to his kids. And then Chrissy's like this crazy nut job. I love her. She's amazing. She's wonderful, <laughs> and uh, I just love them. So all the props to John. <laughs> let's all be like John. Let's stop trying so hard, you guys. Let's just enjoy life and make cool things. Yeah, <laughs> and then get your egot. <laughs> 
uh, shows that got nominated for Emmys that also have a this is like we might be reaching a little bit, but a connection to Asian American either producers. We're taking everything we can. Yeah, Um, Westworld, which is the big HBO extravaganza, uh, whose producer is Lisa Joy, who is um, who is part Asian. Um, is one of the um, she's married to one of the Nolan brothers. Very cool. Not the Nolan brother, but like the, one of them. It's not Chris. Jonathan. Yes. Okay. I think he uh, wrote Interstellar. I think. Okay. Um, Atlanta, the Donald Glover FX show, was also nominated, and um, both Hiro Murai and Donald Glover got individual noms for Best Director. So hey, yeah. Hiro Murai. He's brilliant. I'm yeah. I'm just reeling from the music video. <laughs> Um, the show Glow, which you can watch now on Netflix, um, got nominated. I've heard the second season is really good. I, I've watched the first season. Uh, but it's a show about women wrestlers. Two of the co-stars, Sunita Mami and Ellen Wong, um, have pretty good roles in it. Sunita plays like a... She's an Indian girl who uh, is super smart um, and does wrestling as a way to pay for like college. Nice. Yeah. See, again, Marvin has to school me in all of these because I don't watch it anymore. Oh, that's right. Alison Brie is amazing in it. So many talent. I need to learn. I need to, like, study. Mm. I did notice that The Good Place got snubbed for best comedy, which I am not happy about. But get them next time, guys. Good comedy. Solid. <laughs> Have you caught up yet? I did watch several episodes because, did I tell you, I submitted with a friend, our friend Jimmy, to mm-hmm. the NBC writers thing. Okay. So we had, he mainly like, was writing a spec script for The Good Place. Okay. So I had to watch, like, to get, you know, brush up. Are you done? Have you finished season one yet? I'm not done. Oh. Uh, I've hopped around a little bit, but it's it's good. I've watched a good chunk of season one, and then I've hopped around in season two. You can't do that. Nah. The end of season one is pretty much the giant spoiler that sets up season two. Did I watch the end of season one? Maybe. I'm not sure. Also, uh, The Daily Show got a nod, so congrats to Ronnie Chang, who's part of the... Um, I think he's a writer and also a contributor for that show. Um, Ronnie Chang is amazing, and I get to meet him in a couple weeks. Nice. <laughs> um, Drunk History got a nod, which I mentioned because they've been um, hiring a lot of Asian actors for to tell Asian American history stories. I think that's going to be my Friday yeah. night, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, recently, they had like, Aaron Takahashi as a uh, a Nono boy, which is a someone from Japanese internment camps who refused to declare loyalty and sign up for the draft um, during World War II, which is a big thing. Like, you know, um, I don't know if you know about the whole like draft um, resistors from. Japanese internment, but there, uh, there, there were people who decided to sign up and serve the military as part of 442nd to prove their loyalty. And the people who are refusing and, to because they're like, why should I fight for you? Well, because for them, that was, it was like, if this country doesn't like doesn't recognize Acknowledge us as me citizen, as a person, why do yeah. I have to be forced to like? Right, you know? I would feel the same way. Yeah. I um, think I would. Would you? What do you think you would be? Do you think you would have proven or resisted? I don't know. I never thought of it. And now you're thinking. I think I would want to resist. And I think, honestly, I would have wussed out and then done it because <laughs> I don't want to, like, deal with the consequences of resisting. I'm being totally real. I probably would have, like, joined. <laughs> but then, like, I know I'm a woman, so they would, like, excuse me from that. But I'm just saying. Yeah. However, in that position. It's a, t- it's a tough choice. In and principle. I think we need more media that, um, like, not that Drunk Mean is not a great show. It's a good show. It, it teaches people what they didn't know in a fun way. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we need more media kind of 
um, addressing that period of time, especially from the from the perspective of pe- people who are incarcerated by their country. That's what I think right? is really fascinating. I think that's happening really. It's hap- there's a lot of momentum behind that, so I'm expecting. I know for a yeah. fact that people are pitching projects. There's so a great play called No No Boy. Okay. Um, yeah, I heard that you mentioned that before. Yeah. And like it's there if anyone wants to, you know, adapt it. You know, it's kind of crazy. Okay, like I know that just sidebar on the the stories that have been around for so long. So mm-hmm. say things about the Chinese Exclusion Act and things about internment camps and things like that. Yeah. Like we can say. Asians are still a young minority because there was a huge wave that came in in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. But like, there's so many third, fourth generation Japanese and Chinese families. Especially in California. Especially in California, yeah. scattered across the South, things like that. And so I'm just, it is interesting. Like, I think there is like a, coll- a feeling of unity or a feeling of, it's like a pent up feeling of injustice where people are like, okay, yeah, all this stuff for the last hundred years has been absolute bullshit. Like, I'm ready to talk about it now. Or, like, were there all these... I want to know how many scripts were written for movies that just never even got I don't even know about at. scripts. I know a lot of it is just because we weren't taught things, these things in history. Right. Right? Like, but what about the Japanese people that went through it? Japanese internment camps were maybe, like, a section of a chapter. For sure. And right. that's to the rest of the audience, right? Like, yeah. that's based on the people in the classrooms and the history book writers. But what about the people who experienced it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that's kind of like the new day and age where like you go through anything, you put it on your Insta story because your life is a movie and you need to share it, right? Um, I'm sure there's been scripts. I'm sure there's been people writing. I'm sure there's been a lot of independent movies. Like, that's there's, what I There's been know. a ton of like independent movies about um, the 442nd. Yeah. Which is like, if there ever was a movie to break through, it'd be like the war movie. Yeah, right? that's what I would think. Um, I don't I'm sure know, there's I, also I think, a lot of suppression because people don't want to take responsibility. I think we're at a point right now where we have people with influence, people with the skills, people with the ability to write compelling scripts now working in addition to people willing to um, to tell uh, to like back those stories. Right, like we have people like John M. Chu who directed Crazy Rich Asians, who was like who took a stand this week because of the whole like oh they're they've optioned the story of the Thai soccer team rescue. Yeah, and John M. Chu's like I'm gonna develop my own version of this just to make sure you guys don't whitewash it, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And that may it may be like more of like a political or like a, a like a political type of statement, but at the same time, it's like you have people who yeah like we are now paying attention mm-hmm. to make sure that you don't like that. We can tell our own stories. There's an audience that will watch away. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think we're not far from those stories coming out, whether in movie or TV or even just, you know, um, that's why I think what you're saying about drunk history is relevant. And I think that that's why I've always appreciated comedy so much as like this perfect it's a very perfect like <laughs> antidote to hate and bigotry because yeah. you do it through like a funny medium and like, we can laugh, but it's also like the perfect weapon. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If you make people laugh, that is such a superpower. I know that in like minor ways from doing sketch comedy skits, but it's like it's a very empowering feeling that I made people like laugh and then that welcomes that information. Yeah. So if you can watch Randall Park and Jimmy O. Yang be ridiculous on drunk history about Genghis Khan, <laughs> that's amazing because you're gonna like you're absorbing this story and you're doing it because you have these two ridiculous actors who are being awesome and hilarious. Yeah. But that will it just kinda opened a portal 
or like built a bridge, if you will. Yeah. So props to Drunk History. You're doing the Lord's work <laughs> <laughs> in my eyes. <laughs> um, we have some highlights from the animation side too. Um, Bob's Burgers, who's uh, one of the head writers, I guess he's a co-executive producer now, is Kelvin Yu of Master of None fame. Yes, Kelvin. Um, and I think this is his either second or third nomination for Bob's Burger. That's awesome. Which is great. Um, also nominated is Rick and Morty, uh, specifically the episode Pickle Rick, which was written by Jessica Gao. Who we met at the Jimmy O. Yang event thingy in yeah, LA. Yeah, she's, she's been really cool. um, heading up a series of really cool meetups for the Asian American um, comedy and writing community um, around. Like, it usually takes place in um, Silver Lake. Very nice. Oh, hipster land. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jessica Gao. Um, so um, a little background on the season. The exec producer of Rick and Morty, Dan Harmon, decided to like broaden his writing staff and hire, took on a bunch of women. And the... Uh, fan base revolted like especially like Jessica being female and Asian mm. and so because of that they started a podcast called um, Whiting Wongs um, <laughs> hosted by Jessica and Dan Harmon so my friend told me about that one of my Patreon patrons told me about that at our <laughs> Google Hangout nice that's so cool yeah Whiting Wong, Wongs yeah um, Whiting Whiting Wongs Whiting Wongs <laughs> but congrats to Jessica on the nomination and uh, for best Animated short, we have Rebear Bears, a very popular show on the Cartoon Network. <laughs> they have their own line of stuff at the mini soap stores now. Um, but uh, for those of you who don't know, that show is created and um, show ran by Daniel Chong. Um, and that's why there's always a bunch of like, he slips in like stealth Asian stuff every once in a while. Love. He has a whole episode where the three bears go to a Korean spa. <laughs> do they get the rub down do they, they get do the, the skin scrub they the have fur scrub the rub down they have like the old man sitting too close to them in the in the sauna obviously they're like oh and the um the angry ajima yes <laughs> there's multiple of them <laughs> um and that's uh that's what i have on my list uh i'm probably missed a couple of nominations for you know things like best camera work and like the more artistic hey, or technical Emmys crew is but critical congrats to you guys you know if a good place to check is um, Cape our friends at Cape um, do a way better job keeping track of, keeping track of this stuff than, than we do so check out their Twitter feed they probably have everyone on lockdown very over nice there but I don't know when are we going to see Minji Chang being nominated for I don't movie? know I'm working I actually yeah not toot my horn but i've been i've been auditioning i've been getting auditions which is cool and every telling you guys it's like it's not there are way harder jobs in the world way harder um but acting it's a very mental (laughs) marathon situation being in this industry where like it is so non-linear so random and abstract and full of nepotism and decisions that are like completely nonsensical or out of your control sometimes it's a miracle that anything gets done the more i learn about it so i think that you know people that do make it some of them make it through blind luck i think the rest of them make it through a lot of perseverance and hard work on top of the fact that they're being like truly creative and being vulnerable and doing things that are challenging for most people to do and do it on camera so yeah i mean that's my my tuning of the horn for for artists in general it's not easy to do that it's it's a very valuable thing a lot of people benefit from that even if it's like you don't get to get 135 million viewers on netflix 
it's still important to like create those voices. And so I'll continue to develop mine. I'm going to persevere. I go through panic attacks once a week now. But that's like learning the game. I feel like it's part of me being a professional. Yeah. And Marvin will just have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, congrats to everyone. I, I love that we're living in a point in time now where we can celebrate so many nominations. Like I remember back when it was just like one or two that we're looking forward to. Mm-hmm. That was like the hugest deal. Now we have we have a whole plethora. So um, things are looking, you know, better for representation, yeah. inclusion in the media. And we don't have to be all gloom and doom. We can yeah. celebrate the wins. <laughs> this is great. And so congratulations to everyone who got their Emmy nod. And that'll do it for this episode of the Collabcast. Thanks again for listening. Um, next week, we'll be coming at you straight from San Diego Comic Con. We'll be bringing you um, a series of interviews and panels that we uh, that we'll record on site there. So uh Hopefully, we'll get you some good stuff. I'm in the process of booking a bunch of interviews, um, segments. We'll be covering a Rose Tico flash mob. It's, it'll be fun. Um, so stand look at where we'll be bringing you two episodes from Comic-Con. Uh, one releasing Friday night and one releasing um, Monday. Um, so be on Stay the lookout tuned. for that. Um, and that'll do it. Uh, thank you, Minji, for joining us for this episode. My pleasure. Um, as always, you can email us at podcast at collaboration.org if you have any feedback or questions or suggestions on people to cover. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, uh, Spotify, and wherever you download your podcasts. Leave us a nice rating review. We super appreciate it. Thank you very much. This episode was also recorded at the Potluck Podcast Studio here at the Visual Communications Office in Little Tokyo, Los Angeles. Visual Communications, of course, is a nonprofit organization developing and supporting the voices of Asian American and Pacific Islander media artists. Um, learn more about their programs, such as the Academy Award qualifying Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival at vcnline.org. This episode's intro and outro music is brought to you by Big Phony. The song is Bedford Stop, and you can find it on the album Long Live the Lie, now available everywhere. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. So, how you doing now, sister? Call it what you want to call it.